Hi, I'm Erica Darvis. Hi, I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. We are two best friends talking hot topics and all of the podcasts that we're totally obsessed with. So come please be our friend on social media. You can find us at Podcast RWD on Instagram and Twitter. And then head over to Facebook and search Podcast Rewind. You can listen to our show wherever you're already listening to your favorite podcasts. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever that is, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe because we need your stars to keep this show going. Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 69 of Podcast Everyone. Get your giggles out now. Come on, everyone get your brains out of the gutter. We have other things to do with our brains on this show. We do. Hey guys, I'm Erica, and with me as always is my host, Amy. I am your host, that is right. host (laughs) Hey guys. I'll I'll host you. (laughs) Wow, this is starting so good. It's really good. Hey everybody, Podcast Rewind, episode 69. Did anyone already say that? (laughs) I'm going to get giggles about it, so we're moving on. Unlike with our Dirty 30 when we leaned in, episode 69 is... We're leaning out. We're leaning outwards. <laughs> Cheryl Sandberg, away. plug your ears. Sorry about it. Sorry, girl. Um, hey, Amy, what is shaking? Back on the mic. Super back on the mic. Um, should we give the Central Florida weather update? <laughs> it really wouldn't be an episode of Podcast Rewind without us letting you know what is happening outside of our window. Oh, my God. Fucking heat wave finally <sighs> broke like an hour ago, and we got a gorgeous, our first summer storm, I would say. Oh, yeah. Of 2019. I mean... Hurricane season starts June 1st and ends at the end of November. I'm like, we're in hurricane season for a majority of our year. True. But the heat has been so oppressive this past week, and we were like, oh, my God, it's May 29th. My car says 105 degrees at 7 at night. You know that I don't normally pray for hurricanes. (laughs) Generally speaking, I mean, because I mean bad news. Super bad news. But um, on the list of names for hurricanes this year is Karen. And I so badly want to get to Storm K because there has to be a fucking Hurricane Karen. Yeah. We're most certainly getting to K. One year we looped the alphabet and had to start back over again. True. But I just wanted it to be like, Karen. God, Karen. Karen is being so typically Karen. I mean, I was a hurricane forever ago and I was all talk. (laughs) Well, nothing has changed. Hurricane Erica was barreling towards Central Florida and then... She got tired and just, uh. <laughs> People were sending me memes all day that were like, Erica died overnight. I was like, no, <laughs> Hurricane Erica died overnight, guys. Be cool. Not a lot of motivation. Not a lot of get up and go. I wouldn't describe you that way. I really wouldn't. Thank I think, you. I think you're a very ambitious person. I appreciate that. My brain by 6 o'clock every day is like, you should go home and take a nap. Yeah, and you've been doing that. And I'm like, she mad at me? <laughs> no, it's just like, I last night went into my room and just like, Listened to, like, classical jazz guitar like a loser. 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 Her. And just, like, played on my phone for an hour and just needed, like, serious brain candy. Oh, my God. The sprinklers in our apartment just went off. Jesus the Christ. The apartment complex, the sprinklers are going on while it's raining, and this is Florida. I don't, can't believe I'm paying the water bill around here. I know. Seriously. Anyway, let's, let's calm our woes yes. with a beverage. Yay! Cheers. 
So drink of the week this time around, gonna be honest about it, I'm having shit bottom barrel Pinot Grigio, and I'm not mad about it. I'm having the Target brand rosé for $5. It has a name. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell it to you. Trash people. Yeah. California Roots. I actually California know. Roots. I Thank actually you. know what the Target brand Whereas the lady is. tried to get me to buy six bottles so I could save 50 cents a bottle. And I was like, ma'am, the bottle's $5. I don't need to tell people I only paid four fifty. It's not her fault she needs to upsell. The woman has a quota. Right? If I was buying, like, <laughs> the Matua Sav Blanc that I love, mm-hmm. it's $12. I can save $1.20. I'm on board. Mildly worth it. Mildly worth it. But I don't know if I needed six bottles of this. I'll have six bottles in my lifetime. I just didn't need them all in the fridge. <laughs> just not today. <laughs> just not you got to pace yourself in life. You really do. <sighs> Speaking of pacing, mm-hmm. Amy, is there anything you're obsessed with this week? And I'd be like, why are you so obsessed with me? Yeah, you know what? I am obsessed with something. Uh-huh. I'm here to be honest and speak my truth. I'm so obsessed with my cats lately. <laughs> And I, <laughs> speaking of loser, <laughs> the who, ha, ha, I have been going through, you know, like some cat mama drama uh-huh. as of late. My little podcasts have needed some extra love and attention. We've, we went to, it's the first time this weekend that I took them to the vet office at the same time. Shenanigans ensued. But I just really have been reflecting on like, I really love my cats a lot, and I'm really tired of the stigma of the cat lady sticking to me like the smell and hair of my cats does. <laughs> I, <to> me. <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, you know, we're really supportive of people liking their thing. Absolutely. You know, we talk so much during the season of Game of Thrones yeah. that we should support other people in what they like. And dog people never have to do the whole, I'm sorry, but I just, I'm sorry. Yes, I have three dogs. Please don't make fun of me. People are like, oh my God, you have three dogs? You're so rad. Are they all rescue? <laughs> they must all get along so well. Do they play? <laughs> You know, I have two cats. I desperately want a third. I know. No. I know. But look, I do think that we need to have some sort of cat lady pride month. I'm, I'm workshopping the hashtag. Okay. I've got hashtag free cat ladies or hashtag cat mom pride. What do you think? I think hashtag pussy pride sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> How did I miss that? I have no idea. There's alliteration in it. But look, I want to be loud and proud that yeah. I love my cats. I also do love dogs. You I, do. I'm an, but I happen, You're an animal lover. I'm an animal lover, but I happen to own two cats who I'm obsessed with, and I want to be out there and not afraid about it. Oh, well, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm obsessed with my cats. That's, there we go. Do you want to talk about Sandy? Uh, I told you that I went through some trials and tribulations and shenanigans with my They're cats. They're being very sweet to you. I mean, I think with all pets, after they go to a vet, mm-hmm. They're like, they, we're so sorry for whatever we did to make you take us to the vet. Yes, exactly. We'll behave. Yeah. Exactly. No, I mean, we're, I'm having to wrestle them to the ground with medicine. And yeah. It's been a whole thing. And I just, they're sweet little munchkins. They're, I love them so much. I do. You really do. I do. I love my cats. 
And they love you back. Thank you. That You're makes sense. That, like, because they don't tell me, I appreciate you telling me. Sure. That they love me. I'm assuming that they do. All right, we have got to move on. <laughs> what are you obsessed with, Erica? I mean, there's just like tons of things going on right now. Like, I really can't pinpoint it. I feel I, you. I got a new bed last week. I bought one of those bed in a boxes. You are obsessed with that. I, I, I hear did about not it. realize. I had not realized I wasn't sleeping well for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Until I got this new bed. So I got a Nectar. And um, one of the ones, like I said, they come to you in a box. And you have to get it out of the box. And onto by your yourself. bed. By yourself. And like while... That's the middleman they cut out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of memory foam, but kind of not. And I just realized that like, it's so comfortable. You could sleep without a pillow and still be just completely cradled by this bed. It's <sighs> insane. And of so course, it was Memorial Day you. weekend when I purchased it. So you get, like, discounts forever, and then it's like, here's your monthly payment of, like, 60 bucks for a bed. And you're like, okay, thank you. Like, I love 2019. But getting... (laughs) (laughs) Not that works. The perks of 2019 are super (laughs) rad. (laughs) They're also few and far between. QVC never figured out a payment program. Well, not for beds. Well, Uh, I don't know. I don't know that they did it. I don't know when the last time you watched QVC is, but they pretty much came up with that payment program a long time ago. It's not a 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Easy payments. Easy easy pay. I'm pretty sure that's been around since the 90s. Because I was watching a lot of QVC in the 90s, thanks to Sandra Lehman Randolph. Oh, same. Thanks, Eileen. (laughs) Um, She had a real hard addiction when she was pregnant with my brother and was just like up all night because she couldn't sleep. And then boxes would show up to our house in St. Louis. No, I think she's buying shit for herself. She'll buying her own pushkin. <laughs> right. Probably. <laughs> she don't need no man. Um, but <laughs> sorry. We're sorry, Rick. We know you actually listen. Uh, I think he's dropped off. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> But anyway, so getting this bed out of the box, it's a 68-pound bed. I mean, it's no easy feat. And no. so it was so difficult, but like I said, it was so worth it. But while I was doing it, I was like, oh my God. I do. I need to not be single anymore. If I had a boyfriend or a husband, we could do this together. You'd only have to lift thirty-four of the pounds, or zero, I, or direct, or zero. I could do some great directing, depending on how tall he is. Uh, six feet. We Fingers crossed. <laughs> There's this guy I see at the office all the time who's so cute, mm-hmm. and I can't get a read on who he is. Or like, I think I saw his name tag the other day. And I'm just like, oh, you're somebody I totally would date. Who are you? What's your background? Like, what's going on over there? And I'm like, could this be a meet cute? Do I have to do the online dating thing? Because online dating is just still the worst thing in the entire world. It is the worst. I was going to say, more so than needing to glimpse his name tag, you got to get a solid view of that left hand. Oh, yeah. Every at time I age. see him, it's like I'm at my desk and he walks by. And so I just see him from like chest height up. Ah, Jesus. And I'm like, do you need to like scratch your face or <laughs> what are you? Take a call as you go right? by. I'm like, no, he's always on an AirPod. I'm like, no, we need cell phones back and no AirPods anymore. Now that is a 2019 statement. That is a true 2019 statement. I've ever heard one. Seriously. Um, but yeah, so the bed's good. I got some really good um, office supplies. I have one with me currently. This is my six by eight. That's a hell of post-it. It's a great post-it, isn't it? I'm These good. are my favorite post-its in the world. Like the bigger, the better. It's a great postie. Yes. So like it's just been... I'm sorry, maybe we should take a picture for the Insta so that rewinders know what we're talking about. I mean, just picture a post-it the size of a piece of paper, and you're golden. Yeah, but Um, it's, like, sticky. It's, it's like, a (laughs) post-it. But is there anything better than, like, when you're an adult, 
office supplies. Nothing. Nothing is better <laughs> like, why? than a sick-ass pen. Right? Or when you're in Target and they're like, do you need this Nate Berkus like, folder? folder for Absolutely your- I do. Yep. Put it in the cart, fuckers. <laughs> like, it's the greatest. And it's like, I remember, you remember that joy from when you were going back to school? Uh, yeah, you know, going back to school shopping was... And add, like getting your pencil case. Such a joy. I know you weren't a Lisa Frank girl. Yeah. I was getting my Lisa Frank trapper with the matching folders. I mean, it really was a moment of joy in my childhood. I would always make sure that I had like a really cool trapper keeper, of course, but maybe that had like a funky line pattern on it and mm-hmm. then get the folders and notebooks that matched those colors. Like I was very into the well, you've always had a graphic design brain. <laughs> right. I couldn't get on board with a unicorn, but I can get on board with a good pen. That's for sure. All right. Well, have we bored everybody who's been listening to us enough? If you're still <laughs> listening, would you like to go on a brain journey? I would. Well, yeah, but oh. you're not listening. You're uh, right. Okay. This is going downhill. <laughs> anyway, um, Erica, we have a topic that... We've definitely not talked about before. Nope. But we've talked about doing it to the point where it maybe seems familiar enough like we have. Yeah. But we definitely haven't. I don't think so. So this week, we want to dive deep and unpack and figure out what the hell is deja vu? It's French. We know that much. The words are French. But translated, they actually mean already seen in English. So... It's reported that 60 to 70% of people have experienced deja vu. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's interesting because I've never been able to experience anybody else's deja vu. Isn't that weird? Right. But with our, you know, our description of what we just experienced, yeah. it feels like I think that I just had deja vu. Um, and it's that feeling, again, 60% of us already know, it's that feeling of, I've already, I've been here before. Yes. Or I've already experienced it. And like, you kind of go meta, Uh you get into your own brain and you go, whoa, 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 whoa. The thing that's happening right now has already happened. Yeah. Why do, am I a wizard? It's incredibly surreal. Yes. And you know, you and I have both definitely experienced it. Do you remember your first time feeling deja vu? I don't remember my first time having deja vu. I've had other experiences, mm-hmm. um, but I know I even had one just recently where I was pulled into a parking spot, and I was like, oh my God, I've pulled into this exact same parking spot before with that car next to me and this song on the radio, and you just have that moment of, and as you we found out, unplaced familiarity. Right. There's no reason you should feel so familiar in an unfamiliar situation. Do you remember your very first deja vu or one that really, like, Sticks out. Well, I was really racking my brain to try to figure out the first time because I wonder how all of us identify it as deja vu yeah. for the first time. So I I don't remember the first time that I experienced it, um, but I do remember I must have said aloud to somebody, whoa, 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 I'm feeling like I've already done this yeah. before or this conversation and it must have been either my parents or a friend or somebody that explained to me, oh, you're having deja vu. And then I clicked into, this has happened to me before. Uh-huh. I've had deja vu before. Um, but I will say, we're talking about this now because I experienced it with you about a week and a half ago. Yeah. We were having a conversation, and I remember I kind of stopped and you looked at me like, what? And I was like, I already knew what you were going to say before you were going to say it. 
this has already happened. I'm experiencing deja vu. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Amy, we've never had this conversation before. And I'm like, yeah, but that's how deja vu works in my experience. It's almost like a memory. Right. It's like... You're watching a memory play out that you can't really remember that happened. Right. It, well, yeah. You get to that moment. Like, you kind of stop after deja vu after you experience it and you think, has this really happened before? Or, you know, am I... In the, am I, like you said, am I a wizard right now? Yeah. Is something paranormal happening? So anyway, I told you the other night, whoa, I'm having deja vu right now. So then we started talking about, you know, what we thought deja vu was. Uh-huh. And we had both kind of heard things in the zeitgeist yeah. about what it was. And yours was that, like, basically you're having a baby stroke. Sort of. That, like, the synapse in your brain and your eye are firing seconds behind each other. Mm-hmm. I had heard that, like, you know, your brain is working so hard all of the time. And sometimes I feel like mine's not. But um, <laughs> not today. Not today. But, like, your eyes are intaking an image. Your brain is trying to catalog it. Do we know what this image is? And then fire that from, you know, your hippocampus, your memory, to this next synapse. And somewhere along the line, one synapse just goes... <sighs> takes a quick break and is like, oh shit, the other synapse flew ahead. So your brain catches up within seconds of each other. So when you're like, I swear I've done this before, you have, but the other part of your brain just didn't get there fast enough. Right. Because it, it feels like when it's happening that you've had this experience two very separate times in your life. Yeah. But the way that you're explaining it, and there is an actual theory that goes behind it that we'll get into because guys, we studied. Yeah. Um, but like really you're only lapsing like maybe a half a second, uh-huh. but your, your brain is experiencing it in tandem and then your kind of conscious is going, wait, I've already done this. Exactly. But really you just are, yeah, the, misfiring. The A and B just misfired slightly. B was a little late to the party. Exactly. So we got kind of on this concept of like, what actually is deja yeah. vu? We've both experienced it and we were sharing stories. So this week we decided to get into it. Yeah. We have questions. So many questions. And we're using podcasts to answer them as we Always do. do. Um, we both listened to pretty much the same shows this week. Yeah, they're really good. I got the most info about it from one of our classics here that we cover on Podcast Rewind, Stuff You Should Know. Yes. They were great. They're the ones that shared with us, you know, all of, like, the French words. Yeah. You know, what it means. And like we said, it means you've already seen, so translated from French. And that, I thought it was crazy, 60 to 70% of people report deja vu. And to me, I was like, who's reporting and how? Are you just at a doctor's office and saying it? It must but, be some you know, sort of um, survey, yeah. you know, conducted by, I hope, People who know about brains. I think so. But we know, speaking of brains, deja vu is, un- you can't see it on a brain scan. Exactly. Which is so crazy. So we all know it's happening. And so that's why so many of these explanations that are out there are major guesses that we think, so, that scientists think that they've nailed, but they can't know for sure. Exactly. So it was actually named for the first time deja vu by a French scientist in 1876. Crazy. So, I mean, if... An, English, or I mean an American or an English doctor had named it, they would name it already seen. Uh-huh. Because essentially the French go, oh, I already seen. Yes. <laughs> Instead of I deja vu. Uh-huh. Um, but so the concept of it has been recognized by doctors since the 1870s. Yeah. But like they told us on um, Stuff You Should Know, we haven't really been able to kind of start medically researching it until yeah. the invention of the MRI machine. Mm-hmm. 
And I did love on Stuff You Should Know that they're saying that the actual studies of it are really new and definitely not done, like really within the last several years, because they were using MRI machines for things like, you know, brain cancer Mm -hmm. and stuff before they started worrying about deja vu. But how a lot of scientists or a lot of people just chalked it up to being a paranormal experience. Yes. And therefore, scientists didn't really want to touch it because scientists get so angry and confibrillated, I mean, yeah. the word, uh-huh. about a thing that they can't apply a scientific method to study. Which I get. Because it happens so rarely and... How can you measure somebody? Like, how can somebody come into the office and say, I'm going to have deja vu in five minutes? You don't know. I mean, when it's happened to me my entire life, I've never been able to predict it. It just, it just happened. So like, how do you study this thing that's such an anomaly or like a sporadic occurrence? Totally. You know, it's funny that you talk about, you know, you've had it all your life. I was watching a video on YouTube from PBS Digital Studio, mm-hmm. and their channel was called It's Okay to Be Smart. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having Appreciated. me. Appreciated. And they were saying that you people almost never experience deja vu before the ages of eight or nine. I can imagine yeah. that you wouldn't even, or how could they articulate it? Even if they yeah. are experiencing it, how could they report it? Exactly. I mean, maybe we are having it as kids and we don't know, but you know, the brain is developing so much Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the brain will get to a certain point in our twenties where it's now like, great, learn. I'm good. I'm going to start to die I'm going to start to go down the other direction. So that's why we find that, you know, this phenomenon happens between people who are 15 to 25. And there were some really great stats that we were finding out that, you know, they tend to be. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just want to say, you name them, but it super blew my mind, these stats about the people that typically report deja vu. Yeah, they tend to be highly educated, mm-hmm. lean liberal, which is so crazy. So crazy. Um, like I said, you're 15 to 25. Are there, is any, was it one like affluent or? They did say that someone that has um, traveled more often, yes. so is put, potentially more affluent experiences it more often, but that could be easily chalked up to the fact that they are in unfamiliar situations so often when they feel an odd sense of familiarity, they may report that as deja vu. As well as I believe it's people who report this have some kind of uh, mental, I don't want to say disorder, but you know, experience anxiety or they've gone through depression or you don't have a strong understanding of. Those are psychiatric disorders. That's okay. They did say that the people that experience it more often tend to have uh, anxiety and depression. And literally, they were reading off these things like 15 to 25, well-educated, tends to be anxious, tends to be liberal, tends to be well-traveled. And I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> you just described Amy Randolph. Right. I just called myself smart, I know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, literally, I was like, oh, okay. And it's – but it's odd. It's, the oddest part of that all to me is tends to lean politically liberal. Yeah. That's, an, that's, that's a strange one. one. I completely agree. Um, but then again, people who are – who tend to lean liberal have a stronger sense of like mental health awareness. I think so too. And I think that not to tie mental health awareness to a political party, but the liberal, you know, parties – tend to support that. Mm-hmm. And so I think there might just be a comfort level. Sure. I understand what you mean. I think there's a comfort level on being open and honest about it as opposed to maybe if you're more conservative, oh, okay, well, maybe I'm not really 
feeling depression and maybe I'm fine and you, you tuck it away, so I'm not going to report those things. Yeah, you may not want to strike out and report an oddity about yeah. yourself. And this is like the Erica Jarvis opinion theory. Sure. It has nothing to do with the, the thoughts science. and opinions on Podcast Rewind are do those not. of the hosts <laughs> and do not represent the Podcast Rewind. Oh, we don't have bosses. Yeah, no, yeah this yeah, is yeah, what yeah. we think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is the truth. Um, also, I, I would kind of go down that same road and say, that the reason they say that the folks that report it are higher educated is that they may be people who recognize that yes. they're experiencing a phenomenon, whereas somebody who may have, you know, a lower education or maybe even just a um, by nature have a lower IQ uh-huh. may have that odd sense of familiarity in an unfamiliar situation and just pass it off. Yeah. Not stop and isolate that as of something that doesn't normally happen and is weird and identify it as deja vu. Because I think for the most part, anytime I've really experienced deja vu and you did it the other night, you tend to be like, whoa, you guys, I just had deja vu. Like, I really thought that I did this earlier. I feel, and it's weird because when we talk about that feeling, it is almost like full body. Your brain clicks in, but then I don't know about you, but I get a bit of like adrenaline running through my body of like almost fight or flight. Like, why did, why are we here? Why do we know this already? Oh yeah. Everything is super on alert. Your synapses that fired incorrectly are now like, okay, sorry. All are also up. because you are predicting what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you, when you realize you're having it, I mean, it's an almost out of body experience yeah. because you are having a conversation say, and then you know, a glass is about to break and then it does. And you're like, ah, yeah, you're a little freaked out by yourself. Right. So again, on stuff you should know, we actually learned there are two different categories of deja vu in the science that has been done about it. And again, they don't actually have an explanation for deja vu, Erica and I learned. Yeah. We were hoping to find, like, a true scientific explanation. There's there's up to 40, I think, theories now. Yeah. But at least scientists have categorized it two ways. Associative, so that is reacting to some sensory around you, like a smell or a snippet of conversation. Yeah. And feeling like you have already felt that before. Uh-huh. Or letting in a more simple way, letting a smell kind of take you back to your childhood or something that you remember from your past. But the second category is biological. And they, that is actually associated to somebody who most typically would have um, epilepsy or schizophrenia. So I guess it happens to people who have those diseases and that like, it's a lot more intense than what, you know, you, you assume is associative, associative, um, deja vu. So like if you're having biological deja vu, sometimes it can be like a trigger before and, um, or a warning before you're about to have an epileptic seizure, seizure, excuse me. Like, and it happens in a much different way than, and I think probably easier to study than Mm -hmm. that associative deja vu. Yeah. Um, it's hearing about that was crazy. Right. I mean, um, and then also learning, and this was from stuff you should know, or no, I'm sorry, this might be from Brain Stuff, How Does Deja Vu Work, which is another podcast we both listen to. Mm-hmm. They were talking about how, you know, for the most part, we don't know how this all starts, but there was a report and study done by this guy who took quite a lot of acid and was having <laughs> deja vu for like 48 hours. But when he stopped the acid, his deja vu stopped, and the guy was like, okay, well, that was drug-induced, bro. Like, okay, we figured out one way deja vu can be predicted, and it's psychedelic drugs. I also heard on one of these podcasts that, like, 
uh, electronic shock can cause deja uh-huh. vu. So I, I don't want to experience that kind. No. Not but really. then again, like with, you know, electrodes and stuff like that, you're still messing up your brainwaves. Right. You know, when I was watching that, like I said, it's okay to be smart. <laughs> Basically, in the video was so funny. During the entire video, the guy is explaining to you deja vu. And he's in a coffee shop and a guy comes and is like, soy latte for Josh. She's like, great, thanks. And he's talking to you and a woman sneezes. And he's like, oh, bless you. And he's talking again and a guy drops a glass behind him and he's like, whoa. And then he keeps talking and then a waiter comes over. He's like, soy latte for Josh. She's like, yes. And then like, he's experiencing deja vu in the background the entire time, which was so great and clever to keep it going. Yeah. That's very Groundhog Day, that kind of setup of it. 100%. But, you know, he, like he just said, our brains are constantly working. Mm-hmm. The hippocampus is your memories. And so anytime new information comes in, the hippocampus is like, is this new? We've done this before. We've done this before. That's not new information. I'm going to go dump it over here. And your brain is just, and that to me is like, I can't fathom and understand how the brain really works at the end of the day. It's your brain so, doesn't understand your own my, brain. I, Yes, I think there's a meme in there. There's got to be. But so he was talking a lot about how our um, we aren't really um, experiencing our memories when he was talking about that and explaining it. It is your memories, like your hippocampus goes back to a situation you've already had before and you relive it mm-hmm. in your head. So when you were talking about smells, it triggers a memory and your brain starts to relive everything. Mm-hmm. So it was funny that he was like, you're not recalling a memory. Your brain is truly on its own reliving it. Yeah. Which is a slight difference. Well, that, and recall and relive. That's one of the theories. I for, there is, there's one that's named that. But so there's another theory from this scientist, Robert Efron, that lived in the 60s. And his whole thing is about how our temporal lobe in our brain and like that hippocampus thing that you were talking sure. about. Yeah. So the temporal lobe is what basically is using information from your eyes and your yeah. nose and your ears to tell you what's going on. And then the hippocampus is back there deciding whether or not to make it a memory mm-hmm. or to dump, dump it. it. Yeah. And if it wants to make it a memory, it shoots it through the right hemisphere of your brain. But every now and then, the temporal, because the temporal lobe and the hippocampus is usually working in sync. Uh-huh. If just a synapse misfires or something happens and there's a lag, even by milliseconds, that could cause deja vu because you're experiencing it in your temporal lobe and you're remembering it all at the mm-hmm. same time, but just slow enough apart yep. that you get that kind of. So when I experience deja vu too, I kind of feel like I'm moving through water. Uh-huh. Everything kind of slows down yeah. and I realize, whoa, I know what is about to happen. <laughs> you know, because, it, so that's one theory of yeah. how that's happening. So that it's not like you really remember this from before. Yeah. So your brain is confused. Yeah. You're reliving it, but living it at the same time. Yeah. Um, I thought it was so funny when I was watching this video, like the number one comment from, like, somebody subscribed on the YouTube page, just wrote, I think I already watched this one. <laughs> Super clever. <laughs> and then had, like, more likes than the video. <laughs> it was so good. I was like, Ugh, I love a good troll moment. So, do you remember, like, how in the 90s, subliminal messaging we were all terrified of? <gasps> yes. That they were hiding messages in CDs and in movies. Movies. 
flashing frames of like popcorn, popcorn. in the theater to make yeah. you go eat. Yeah. Like we were all afraid of subliminal messaging so hard in the nineties. But I was also so excited by it. I was like, what are you telling oh me? Like I'm tell me why I'm thinking this way. That if, you've, is a, if you've done this to me, tell me how. It's a conspiracy theory. I am willing to add it study, to the list. Put it on the list of a future episode. But one of the theories for having deja vu is potential subliminal messaging. Yeah. I on stuff you should know, they kind of sidebarred and talked about this really cool experiment. It was really cool. Somebody else did on YouTube where they got a group of kind of creative professionals in a car and they said, We're we're gonna take you, we're hiring you to create a new logo and concept for a company. Yep. And while they were all in the car together, they kind of hid um pictures that all sort of looked the same so like they had a small sticker on the back of a seat they had placed a billboard I think it was and somehow flashed kind of the same looking image to them super subliminally and under the radar then they took these guys to the office put them in a room and gave them instructions to come up with a a logo sketch and a kind of business concept and it was incredibly similar at the end of the experiment to the the subliminal message they'd already seen. And what happened was really cool is that the guy came in and said, I have my own theory of what a logo could look like. That's right. I'm going to put it in an envelope and you can't touch it. And I'm going to take it with me or like left it in the room is like, you can't touch it. Somebody watched. They did everything. He opened up his logo and it was almost the same as theirs. And they were like, what the, Whoa. what, what sorcery is this? And that's when he explained, like, I've been messing with you this entire time. Like subliminal messaging. It's real. I thought that was a really cool story, but then it kind of led into the next theory, which is like the sort of, it's called the hologram theory. Yeah. That basically a memory is sort of like a hologram that it exists whole in your mind, but you can chop it up. So if you have, so subliminal or hologram theory kind of blends and is the same to, to me from what I learned uh-huh. that like you just have this kind of wisp of a memory in your mind and it's never fully formed because you either didn't pay enough attention to it or you chopped it up too many times from something that was real. And so then when you have deja vu, you're just having a sliver of something similar come back and you're trying to reconstruct the rest or your brain is working hard to reconstruct an actual memory to satisfy that. So like a subliminal or a hologram theory is kind of the same. And then, I know you want to get into the other voos. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. My favorite of all the theories is the precognitive dream theory. Uh Uh-huh. So that's the one where, you know, sometimes I make this joke that when I'm having deja vu, or if I say to you, like, haven't we already watched this, or hasn't this already happened, and you're like, no, you're a crazy person, I'd be like, maybe I dreamt that. So there's this theory from, I think, Swedish uh, Dr. Arthur Funkhauser, uh-huh. they brought this up on Stuff You Should Know, that we actually, he is, his theory is that a lot of us dream about very mundane things, mm-hmm. and we may actually have some sort of premonition abilities in our dreams, and that a week or two weeks after we dream something super mundane that we wouldn't remember when we wake up, it actually happens, but our subconscious kicks back in and has been like, you've been here before. Yeah. Well, Bustle put out an article that was just like nine things your brain is trying to tell you okay. while you're experiencing deja vu. So one is like you are not paying attention. So mm-hmm. a lot of the times we're on our phones. Sure. And so things are happening around you. Like if you were to be sitting at a restaurant and you're on your phone and you're not taking in anything, your subconscious is 
So when you finally get up from your phone and something happens, you're like, whoa, I've been here before. And your subconscious is like, no, we have been here the entire fucking time. You, you focused in too much on something. Right. And there's other ones like the experience has already actually happened. Maybe you've had the same experience in the past. And you don't recall it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so you just for just forgot, or you, you kept it, but in a back lobe somewhere that doesn't matter. Yeah. But then it shot forward when it happened again. Yes. Others were you need more sleep. <laughs> with well, adequate yes. sleep, you're without adequate sleep, your brain becomes foggy, your judgment poor, and your fine motor skills hindered. Hello, Erica. <laughs> Deep cut. Um, other ones are like your brain is healthy. Deja vu is actually your brain's way of telling you that it's working the way it's supposed to. I mean, there's all these different fun things that kind of exp- – it happened in a past life. If you believe that, that's an option. One is <laughs> – It's an option. That's an option. One is you're experiencing precognitive dreams. Yes. I think that is my favorite. Um, another one was you're experiencing the tuning fork phenomenon. Okay. What is that, Amy, should you ask? It, you hit it, and it goes A minus. Oh, no, that's a pitch pipe. I take it back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. The tuning fork phenomenon relates to when the frequencies of a person's mind temporarily matches the frequencies of minds of other living people or subtle bodies in the afterlife. Now, this is from the Spiritual Research Foundation. <laughs> okay. Yes. But, you know, like you mentioned, there is deja vu, but there are a lot of other... Vues, and it's not our favorite view, which is the Vuve Clicquot champagne. champagne. You know what? I never knew there was any Vu other than Deja right? prior to this week, and I'm stoked about it. So actually, what you were talking about earlier about the dream, mm-hmm. the French call that Deja Rêve, I mean, already dreamed. Okay. So it's a feeling of how already having dreamed something that you are now experiencing. That I have experienced. I have experienced a full conversation with my mother before and remember it was weird and wrote it down in my little like eighth grade journal. And then weeks later we're in the car. And now mind you guys, this is the most embarrassing thing ever. And the dream, my mom told me that Hanson, the boy band was like, shit, they're everywhere she goes. (laughs) You sure she didn't tell you that also? Oh, she did tell you that for real later. Oh, she, that's why I felt like it was... (laughs) But I wrote it down in my <clears throat> oh wait I wrote it down in my journal because I'd never heard her say that before and okay. I just thought that was so crazy. And then weeks later, we were driving to the mall or something, and Hanson came on, and she was like, "Ugh, these boys are like shit. They're everywhere I go." And I like looked at her and I was like, "Oh my god, I don't think you know how crazy that is." And she was like, "I'm sure I've said that to you before." And I was like, "No." Like, but here's this dream I had. And you wrote it down. I wrote it down in my little journal. So Deja Reve is one of these voos that you can experience. I've never documented one of mine, but I feel so strongly that I have had dreams that then happened. Yeah. And I can only attribute it to being from a dream. Anyway. So what's another voo? Another one is, so there's voos, there's voos and then there's dejas. So this is a deja entendu, literally already heard. Yes, get out your ballet moves. This is the experience of feeling sure about having already heard something, even though the exact details are uncertain or aware, perhaps, Mm -hmm. but you know you've heard it before. These French people have words for everything. So do English people. Yes. (laughs) But I mean, I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Presque is French meaning almost seen. This is the intense feeling of being on the very brink of a powerful epiphany inside a revelation without actually achieving the revelation. The feeling is often therefore associated with frustrating, tantalizing sense of incompetentness or incompleteness or near completeness. That's a lot of vowels in a word. Do you think that that is like when we have that moment of, it's on the tip of my tongue? 
I think so. I know I know it, but I cannot get there and say it. Yeah. So then there's deja vu. Okay. This is a feeling of already living through. However, it has been considered as a pathological form of deja vu recently. Yeah. Deja deja vu has behavioral consequences, unlike from deja vu. Patients of deja vu would withdraw from their current events or activities since they believe that they have already participated in them before because of the familiarity. Okay. Patients justify their feelings of, of familiarity with beliefs bordering on delusion. That sounds padded room-esque. That sounds more like the biological explanation yes. for deja vu than the associative. And last and most certainly not least is our newest form of and favorite vu. Jamais vu. I'm obsessed with Obs- jamais vu. Guys, you experienced jamais vu and let us tell you why. I, I did not know there was a term for it, but I experienced this... All of oh, the time. Constantly. So, guys, jamais vu means never seen. So, this is when you're in a familiar situation that is all of a sudden not recognized by yourself. Mm-hmm. So, it's described as the opposite of deja vu. It involves a sense of eeriness and the observer's impression of seeing the situation for the first time. For example, my very first sense of jamais vu was I was doing an email and I think I wrote the word sure as in, yeah, sure. Nine times. Mm -hmm. And by the ninth time, writing S-U-R-E, most certainly, I I was like, what is this word? I've never seen it before. That's not how you spell it. Where's the H? Exactly. And I just, you lose all sense of familiarity of something that is so common and mundane. So they talked about that on that Stuff You Should Know episode as well. And they described it as when you disassociate function and meaning from something. So like... Do you remember that Austin Powers scene? I forget which of the three movies it was when uh, the villain has a big ass mole yep. on his face, and Austin Powers just keeps saying mole, 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 and then after a while, it's like the word mole no longer means a spot on someone's face yeah. or a rodent in the ground. It becomes its own being, mole, 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 yeah. and then brainly, weirdly, your brain starts <laughs> to like how is mole spelled. What is mole? And you, your brain can go and detach that word from the meaning or meanings of it. And then it lives out there and you don't recognize it anymore. Yeah. I experience that all the time. Same. Um, they actually, a uh, professor, Chris Mullen of the University of Leeds, asked 95 volunteers to write the word door 30 times in 60 seconds. Oh my At God. the end. Oh, my God. This torture. 68% of the subjects reported symptoms of jamais vu with some beginning to doubt that the word door was even a real word anymore. <laughs> I totally believe yeah. that. There was an episode of How I Met Your Mother where Ted is sitting there and he's like, bowl, 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 bowl. And by the end, he's like, bowl? <laughs> like, what is a bowl? Am I pronouncing it? Am I spelling it? What does what it mean? What is it? You How just... do you make a bowl? It's so crazy when we've got part of our brain... That is, like, I've got to intake this, send it over here, make it a memory so we can relive it later. What was that smell? Yep, that is dog shit on the bottom of your shoe. That <laughs> is late. Don't look at it. And it's going on and on and on and on. And then it's like, door, question mark? <laughs> like, just not it's part insane. of your own ether anymore. What our brains can do, holy shit, you guys. Right? But I think of all the vus. The jamais vu has my heart. It does. I was interested in the déjà vu, and now I'm obsessed with the jamais vu. And I learned so much this week. Yes. And you know what? Later, after this pod, I'm going to dormez vu, 
which is from Frere and go to bed. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, can we finish the podcast first? Oh, yeah, no, I've got to do that. I've got editing to do, girl. So I think it's time to move on to our podcast pulse this week. I think it's time that we move on to our podcast pulse this week. <laughs> Get it? Deja vu. You're welcome, guys. Um, Smooth transitions. So we, you know, the, gosh, the top three categories, we've been doing that for a while, and this week nothing jazz does to talk about. No. So we did want to talk about, like, just kind of a funny phenomenon that Eric and I witnessed between she and I all of the time. All of the time. And then the perfect meme popped up today. So go to our Instagram at podcast rwd to check out our posts and even vote in our poll to see if you are a happy morning or a murder morning type of person so eric and i have been really laughing a lot in like the last week or so i have been getting up in the morning and getting ready and this is not weird for me but erica <laughs> just keeps catching me doing it Listening to guys, I'm not watching her get ready. No, no, no. <laughs> she comes into the kitchen to get coffee or whatever, and I am listening to a gruesome podcast. Yes. And I swear to God, Erica has this knack for walking into the kitchen as like the real slash and trash <laughs> is being described on a podcast. <laughs> and I'm like putting on lipstick, <laughs> bouncing along, getting ready for my day. And I kind of come out of body and recognize like. My roommate must judge me so hard that I amp up for my day by <laughs> listening to other people come to a gruesome demise. <laughs> Whereas Erica's mornings, I come out and I'm listening to like the latest album by Khaled, or I've got my like happy morning wake up playlist, or right now I'm very much enjoying a little Django Reinhardt in the morning. Just I don't some even like know what you're saying. <laughs> I can listen to a pod once I am. Doing, like, the shower stuff and kind of getting ready. But that first little bit of the day needs to be music to wake myself up to. And then I'll listen to it. But sometimes I need, like, a funny. Like, I want to start my day on a bright note. I want to bright, you know, curtains open, sun shining, good cup of coffee. Like, yay, sing a Taylor song. And then, like, okay, what do you got for me? Watch what crap ends. And then I can start my if I listen to something dark, it's really got to be towards, like, the middle of the end of the day for me. I, I don't do dark in the morning in the mornings every day, but I do kind of like sometimes that cognitive stability of yeah. I'm following along in a story. So we've been laughing a lot between Erica and I, like, how different yeah. we pick our um, audible morning <laughs> entertainment in the sure. morning. And then the Betches put out the funniest meme today about... Bustle. Bustle. Bustle put it out. Yeah. Scary. So we posted it today. Go to our Insta and vote if you are a happy face or a knife. Team Erica or Team Amy yeah, are you for a, morning listening. Like, are you a music note like me or drop that knife like AB? Um, it's going to be up there forever. Right now, I am not in the lead. I'm actually winning. Amy's in the, Amy is winning. Death in the morning, people. Death in the morning. It's you know, a little cup of... Folgers. Awesome Best part of waking up is Folgers and murder in your cup. <laughs> Turns out. Um, so yeah, interested to hear how you guys wake up. But Amy, interested to hear if there are any other podcasts that you listen to this week that you want to pop up and share with the group. I soups have a pop up. Would you like to hear about it? I think I uh, have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can go elsewhere, but I've been talking to this mic. Sure. Um, okay, I do actually have. This is it's in the true crime vein, but I will say. I wrote down just like keywords as I was listening to this podcast to explain it to you. I wrote down 
New York City, sexy, rock and roll, sad, love. <laughs> this podcast, I actually listened to the first two episodes of it about two weeks ago and loved it. Meant to bring it up on the show. Knew immediately that I would be talking about it on the show, but it kind of got lost in the shuffle and I came back to it today. I listened to episode three and then went back to listen to episode one again. Uh-huh. It is called, it's from Crime Town, which is a, another podcast that I'll talk about another time. But this is Crime Town Presents The Ballad of Billy Balls. Okay. Have you ever heard of the musician Billy Balls? No. 70s rock and roller from the East Village in New York City. Um, I don't is there think a he, song I would have heard about? I don't think he ever made it big, but, you know, the East Village, especially back at that time, was its own, you know, isolated yeah. community in so many ways of... Um, artists, musicians, hippies, yeah, uh, and uh, you know, a lot of drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Like that was completely alive in that in that part of New York City at that time. So um, William Heitzman, who later became known as Billy Balls, was a musician at the time, and in the seventies, he met the love of his life, Rebecca. Okay, so the podcast is a seven parter, and. Rebecca is our main interview subject, and Billy Balls was gunned down in their shared apartment in 1982, and no one has ever been um, convicted of or tried for his murder. So Rebecca, still in 2019, is so desperately in love with Billy Balls still. Mines and, or I'm sorry, mourns for him and pines for him still, and, uh, still describes their life together from when they met in the 70s until his death in 82 in a way that I would call it a modern Shakespeare soliloquy. Okay. The way that she describes every smell, every sound, every lyric they sang together wow. in their time together. So I have now listened to three out of the seven parts of this podcast, which promises to kind of get into his death and try to investigate what may have happened that day because it's still unsolved. But it's also this beautiful, tragic unveiling of this love story. So in the first episode, Barbara, uh, Rebecca, excuse me, is described by the host as tall, rail thin, sinewy muscles around her body. Jealous. She was uh, an aspiring model and then mm-hmm. later on wanted to be an actress in the East Village. She was at some sort of casting office one day and off the elevator comes this man who she said they locked eyes and it was that true love at first sight. And he looked at her and said, got a cigarette? <laughs> And they got back in the elevator, rode up to the roof of the building, had a second, and in her words, had it on within 20 minutes of laying eyes on each other. They did it? They did it on the roof immediately and didn't leave each other's sides until he died. Wow. She said in their first month together, she gained 40 pounds (gasps) because they never left the bed and they ordered up bread and heavy olive oil from the corner store and all they did was just envelop in each other and that they had, I mean, it's, it's, it's sick. A, it's a little much. It's, it's a lot. But <laughs> I just have girlfriends I want to hang out with. She, well, she, to listen to her explain it, it's like intoxicating to listen to. And she is, I mean, it's, if she was in her 20s or 30s, you know, in the 70s, she's now, you know, 60s, 60s 70s. Yeah. 
but she's got this very deep New York accent. She's got the voice of a woman who's been smoking her entire life, and this, but still uses like the slang and the, yeah. of the seventies and the eighties. And I mean, she is a fascinating character. I looked her picture up on the internet. She's something else. Do you, <laughs> do you remember when I talked about Sid and Nancy? Yeah, of when course. I talked about the disgrace. It sounded a lot like it at first. Yeah, it is very much a story like that. Um, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, one hundred percent. There is a twist that I will give away right now that at the end of the first episode, the host, who you can tell is like a young kind of rocker woman who's an investigative journalist, at the end of the first podcast, it's established that Billy Balls died and Rebecca was heartbroken, but she did go on to not marry, but have a child with somebody else. And then you hear the host say, and that child is me. (gasps) Oh. Nice. Yes. So she's not the daughter of Billy Balls, but she is the daughter of Rebecca. And in later episodes, you realize that her entire life, she's almost been indoctrinated into being in love with Billy Balls. And that her I was mother, like, she probably comes second to Billy. Well, her mother, you find out, believes that Billy Balls' spirit would always come back to her because they're truly meant to be and kind of believes that her daughter is Billy's spirit coming back to her. It's weird. It's strange. I'm only, like I said, on episode three of seven. But it's 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 an intoxicating podcast. It's crazy. What's it called again? It's called Crime Town Presents The Ballad of Billy Balls. Nice. And I think for the music aspect, you would love it too. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So this week I found a podcast, Amy, from my pop-up perspective that was from Sophia Amorosa's Girl Boss Network. It's called Hashtag Lip Stories, and it's all about... Um, female CEOs, or as they kept calling them, like lady bosses and lady businesses. And I only listened to this one because it's um, this episode was with Jen Rubio, the CEO of Away, which you love that Away luggage where it's yeah, Away chargeable and you know it's the new wave of the future for travel and technology. But you know what? If you want to listen to it, you can go listen to it on your own. I've decided. I don't want to talk about it. It was such a bad podcast. The information was cool to hear this woman talk about how she started away, but the girl interviewing her was monotone as fuck and just kept being like, yay lady bosses. And I was like, I'm going to murder my own self. You hate that. And I I agree with you. It's the worst. I hate the lady boss, girl boss movement because we're just all bosses. Yes. Uh, Be a boss, uh, uh, be a strong woman. But nobody calls himself a boy boss. No. Don't call me a girl boss. The entire... I'm just the boss. ...premise of my blog. Yeah. But you know what happened today? What? Lisa Vanderpump quit Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I do feel like it needs to be noted and brought up because we are big, huge Bravo fans. I was telling you about this podcast the other day, so I'm going to bring it up to you guys who are listening If you're fans of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or Lisa Vanderpump or drama. Love the drums. Love the drums. Might I recommend the latest episode of A Taste of Taylor with Taylor Strecker. And on the show is Ben and Ronnie from Watch What Crappens, or as Amy calls them. Ronnie and, no, Benny and Ron. (laughs) Ronnie and Ben. Benny. So cute. Like, she's their friends. It's (laughs) just, you know, um, three podcast hosts who are all great friends just laughing and having fun on the mic but Ben Mandelker gets into a deep conspiracy theory about all of the drama of the latest season of Beverly Hills I'm not entirely watching but I know there's a dog gate issue there's a leaking of info to Raider online 
There is a fucking lie detector test going on. I mean, and there's also an angel in the form of Denise, Denise Richards, <laughs> which she's the best thing that's ever happened to Bravo, in my opinion. Queen. Q U E E N. She's my spirit animal. Oh my god, she's the greatest person ever. But he goes on and on with his theories about how he believed that Lisa would ultimately quit and probably go away for a season, realize the show can't live without her, Bravo will call her back, and she'll probably come back in a season or two and continue to bring the drama. So when I was listening to that conspiracy theory, I was like, that's so crazy. And he had a lot of other theories too. And then today Lisa dropped that she was actually yeah. leaving the show. So Benny he got it right. Benny got it right. Um, it was such a great episode. I was telling you, mm-hmm. you have to listen to it. There's all of these theories about who leaked the information to Radar Line. Is Kyle Richards literally a monster? Is Maurizio, Mauricio, Mo, whatever his name is, <laughs> is he high all of the time during the show? Or he was just on vacation. He was high as shit in Hawaii. Right? It was hilarious. So if you're any kind of Bravo fan, if you're a Bravo celebrity listening, by all means, check out A Taste of Taylor. That episode was so good. And if you feel like listening to Lip Stories, you can find it on Spotify. <laughs> Alrighty then. Well, this was super fun. We learned some things again this week. Yeah. Um, Always. Come let us know what you think over at podcastrwd at gmail.com or uh, at Instagram, podcastrwd. Uh, Vote in our poll. And then get ready. Next week is episode 70. 70. So weird. It's happening. It's all happening. I'm going to get a tattoo that says that. No, you're not. I'm not. My mom will kill me. No. Okay, but in the meantime, you guys, do not forget to be kind and read. Bye, guys. Hashtag free cat lady. Hashtag pussy party or... Pussy pride. Pussy pride. Bye, pussy pride.